You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 625 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. If you were listening to this, you probably listened to part one, but if you missed it, um, this podcast is uh, myself and Jeff Siegel, who is here with me, talking about power forwards, and it uh, went to two parts, because we got carried away with Jabari Parker, mostly, on part one, and uh, we have to talk about John Collins still, who is by far the most important player at the power forward position, so Jeff's still here. Hi, Jeff. Hey. uh, Yeah, let's uh, maybe leave the Jabari thing alone for now. I'm sure his name will come up again, but uh, it'll come back up. I'm sure. is interesting. Let's talk talk about John Collins. Yeah, I mean, uh, we buried the lead in uh, in huge fashion. But uh, again, if you missed anything from that previous podcast, it was Vince Carter, it was Jabari Parker, it was Marcus Derrickson, and a whole lot of fun. So go back and listen to that and subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, now, John Collins is very, very important because um, you know, for better or worse, John Collins is either the best or second best player on this team, and that's kind of a, a, an argument that's been fun. Actually, we did a roundtable on that a couple weeks ago, and people have been arguing about that ever since about who's better between Trey and John, and then. Uh, Collins actually came in ahead of Young on the Sports Illustrated Top 100, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not doing that argument with you right now, Jeff. But all that to say, John Collins is very good at basketball. And I think we have, and by we I mean me and you only, um, have a little bit of a rep of being low on him. And I'm not sure that's fair. Uh, I think nationally, at least, at least I am not low on him. I think I'm higher than the consensus on him. I'm, I think I'm a lower than I'm thinking probably lower than Hawks fans on him, which is okay because fans are fans. But all that to say... Before we start with, with anything, John Collins was very good last season. John Collins is very good, and um, that's nice because he needs to be very good because they uh, are sort of building. I think they're, build, they're building around Young more than anybody. But I think Collins is such a important part of this roster um, this season, especially. But even long term, like they've unearthed a gem with him. They got him late in the first round, and that was working out very well. And I just think he's uh, someone who's very, very key to everything right now. And re- repeating last year, building on it is very important. And um, I don't know, what do you expect from him? Big picture, because we'll, we'll drill down, and I think we're going to spend a lot of time on defense. Uh, I, I would say later, but is this a situation where you're expecting linear growth from him? Because linear growth is always difficult to expect, but at the same time. Every time, every time I turn, I turn around, a Hawks fan is predicting John like average like twenty three and eleven or something like that. So people are expecting big things for John Collins. Um, what are you, what are you expecting? Yeah, I mean, my expectations are entirely defensively. So I have like my the expect or the the intrigue with John Collins is entirely on, on the defensive end of the floor, unless he's like unless they're really serious about like him becoming Blake Griffin. Like like that's fine too. Like that'd be great. And but, they like, are, by the way. They're, they're serious are, about that. I'm, I'm not are. sure that's gonna happen, but they are serious about that. I think this would be very early. I mean certainly if he became the sort of all around playmaking power forward that Blake Griffin is in his third year in the league, like that's real. Like I'm not expecting that by any means, but now we're talking about like an all NBA kind of, of production level with uh, the level of athleticism that Collins has that, that Blake had earlier in his career, in addition to like late career, Blake Griffin in terms of like his playmaking and stuff like that's a, a combination that is just so incredible on on offense that it almost doesn't matter what he does on defense to the point oh, yeah, where that, he that's would... it's funny i'm glad you, i'm glad you, i'm glad you brought, you brought up blake because blake in some ways is interesting and weird because 
you know, young Blake, when he was drafted, was not supposed to be the way that Blake is now. Blake was not being drafted for his playmaking ability. He was he was the 2010, you know, very traditional power forward, super athlete, kind of like Collins was last year. Um, and yeah. in fact, he was I John pulled, yeah, he was John Collins. And that's honestly, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I pulled I pulled some numbers because I think at least anecdotally, the two guys that John Collins is compared to the most in favorable fashion from the recent past by Hawks fans and other people that are around the league in a positive light are Blake Griffin and Amari Stoudemire. Those are the two names that I, that I, that I hear the most part of that Amari comp, I think is just the Nash comp and all that stuff from the Suns. But those are the two names that I always hear about John Collins. Now I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm just going to give you the numbers of all of their age 21 seasons, age 21 season, um, I believe for Collins and Amari, this was year two. For Blake, it was year one. But Blake also, Blake's year one was a year later because he got injured and missed his entire rookie season. So he had that little Ben Simmons bump of missing his rookie season and actually being older. Um, so all that to say, Collins averaged 19.5 points, 9.8 rebounds last season um, with a true shooting of, I'm sorry, I messed up the numbers. Yeah, true shooting of 63%, which is obviously awesome. Blake Griffin, same age. 22.5 points, 12 rebounds, true shooting of 55%. Amari Stoudemire, 21 points, 9 rebounds, true shooting of 54%. So, um, John Collins' numbers were better, which is kind of insane to think about out loud. Now, Blake's like advanced numbers were better than John's were last season, which is worth pointing out. Blake was a better rebounder overall, better defensive rebounder, much better passer, um, at that, even at that point in time. And obviously, at this point, is... Like, like, a great passer for, for power forward. But all that to say, Collins was in some rarefied air with the numbers last season. And I'm going to do one more for you real quickly. And I said this numbers, these numbers before, but I went back and found them. Um, there were only nine guys in the NBA last year that averaged 19 and nine per game, not 20 and 10, 19 and nine, which is that, that, that list included Collins. Um, those nine players are Giannis, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Nicole Vucevic, and LaMarcus Aldridge. So that's already rarefied air again. Collins is the youngest guy in the list. Important to note, even younger than Cat and all that, all that, all that fun stuff. And also, he was one of the most efficient. He was only trailing Giannis in the efficiency numbers, like true shooting, effective, effective field goal percentage, three point percentage. He was only behind a couple guys as well. So all that to say, like I, I'm guilty of this too. I think John Collins is underrated even by me at times for what he's already been able to do. Now. You and I have talked about his questions on defense. We're, we're going to get there. But what's your reaction to those numbers that I just gave you about? I know it's a lot I threw at you in a second ago in a bunch of just mumbo-jumbo. But basically, John Collins is as good or better than, at least in the numbers, as a couple of you know multi, multi-time all-stars. I think Blake's probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day, which might sound crazy, but it's not. Um, and then the fact that he was putting up numbers even last season that were on par with very few guys in the league when you look across the board. I mean, it's does he of the of the of the guys on that list? Does he have the best point guard in terms of like getting him the ball in the situations where Talking he about needs for the ball the, for last year's list, like the yeah. uh, the nine man list? Um, getting yeah. him the ball, I think that is probably. true. I mean, there's a point guard on the list, which is funny with Russ. Sure, um, but yes, I mean, Jokic is a point guard. Basically, right, which is He's weird sort to say. Of the engine of but that all of the other guys, yeah, I mean, I, I know, that, I, that almost proves that that point a little bit more. Yeah, I know, like, I know, what you're getting at, and that he he is, and this is the age old, you know, chicken or the egg thing with him and Trey Young. I do think that Trey really helps John Collins, but at the same time, 
Collins was really efficient and productive the season before. Now, it wasn't nearly on the same level in terms of just overall productivity because he wasn't playing as much. It was more of a supporting role. But he was Central really, really productive and efficient as a rookie without Trey Young. Yeah, and and you know not just without not just with a yeah with, with that with that point guard, <laughs> point guard he was with you know Dennis Schroeder who has never made a pass in his life. Um, so like that that jump that's the jump from year one to year two. You can't just put that at Trey Young's feet feet and be like yeah like he made that leap because they went from Schroeder to Trey Young as as the point guard, but like that. I would be rece- I'm receptive to that argument being the the not the sole reason but the majority of the reason that Collins made that leap last year and so to expect him to make another leap in those same areas seems like not something that I I I would put the the I would put the over under at way less than 50% that he's or the, the chances that way lower than 50% that he's going to make a, a similar size leap or even just another leap in general with uh, on the same, the same sorts of, of shots and the same sorts of things that he did last year in terms of his efficiency around the basket, in terms of his volume around the basket, those kinds of things I would think are not necessarily likely to take another leap forward. And the leap that he took, I would attribute less to him and more to Trey Young in general. I, I, I do think that I, I do think that Trey deserves some credit for it, but I, I think John evolved. You know, the shooting is a interesting let's talk about that now actually. You know, Collins last season took about, you know, two and a half threes per game, shot thirty five percent on those, and that was a, a huge uptick from where he was previous year. Um I think people are assuming that is real and that is gonna just be him now. Um where you stand on that, I mean, I'm always, I think, a little bit more skeptical, and not just this, this just kind of goes across the board with all young players, not just Hawks guys, until I see a guy do something, especially something, something that, they, that they weren't supposed to do. You know, John Collins was not supposed to be a shooter. Um, I think it looks good. I think I believe in him being a solid shooter at this point in time, but I'm not sure that he's just going to suddenly always be a mid to high 33 point shooter now. It'd be nice if he was, and I think that's very, very reasonable. Um, but that, that's an important piece of what happened last year was that was that threat of his shooting and also his playmaking was improved last year. It was it's a little thing. It's something he really didn't do hardly at all in college. But you know, Collins running short rolls like he has some confidence now with the ball in his hands, not as a primary guy. By any means, that, that's that's the thing with with Blake Griffin now, where Blake Griffin's like running their offense. I'm not sure Collins is going to do that, but they do have confidence in him, and he has confidence in himself. I think now to kind of just make more plays on his own. So going back to the young thing, I, I think some of it's young. I think I'm going to attribute more of it to Collins than you will, because I think Collins has really, really made strides that yes, young helps with. And just his rim running, and like that, it just unlocks a lot when you have an elite passing point guard. I totally get that, and that's where some of his production comes from. But as a player, I think he can just do more things now than he was able to do even a year ago, and especially more than he was able to do when he came in the league. Um, so you know, part of that's just being being a super athlete too. But Collins is just really efficient, and even if the three point shooting doesn't doesn't necessarily continue at that rate, and I think it might. You know, his efficiency was really good two years ago, and I think it's just going to be a huge strength of his. Like. I don't know. I think your production jump point is a good one because I'm not sure. Like, what? This is gonna put the cart before the horse a little bit. But what's he gonna average this year? What do you think he's gonna average? You know, box score stats are not everything, and we talk about that all the time. But 
people always ask me, so I'm going to ask you, what are his final points and rebounds averages this season? Um, I mean, I, I care so little about this. I, 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 no I know that, but people people care. I mean, <laughs> people care. But just boy, to lay it out a little bit, just, not he, matter. He, he only played 30 um, minutes last year, so he played 30 minutes a game, which I think is going to go up. Do you agree with that? Up from 30, probably. Not by a ton, but up up a little. Not by more than like maybe one or two minutes. Yeah, I would say like thirty-two would be what I would guess. Yeah. If that happens, if all if all he does is just do the exact same thing again, he's going to average twenty and ten with two more minutes a game. Now, sure. is that realistic? Do you think he's going to do twenty and ten? Like twenty ten is a very arbitrary thing that I don't necessarily care about, but people people absolutely care about this. So I want, I'm doing that. I'm pandering. I'm pandering a little bit, but. Is he going to average 21 and 10? Is it going to be somewhere in that? Like, what do you think of, I know you don't care, but 20 and 10? Yeah, yes no? I mean, he can. And I mean, I'm, I'm so much more interested in like how he got to 20 and 10 than that he got there. Like the the fact that he, you know, just it, it would make a lot. Like I, I would be, I'm much more interested in sort of how he would get to that, that number of, of those two numbers of 20 and 10. Than, well, break it down. That, Go ahead. Deep dive. Okay, well, let's put, let's, can I put that aside just for one second? Absolutely. Because I want to talk about what the, the other thing that you were talking about just a second ago with the, the, the leap that he sort of made as a three-pointer and as a playmaker last year. And we're, we're, I'm going to get back to the numbers. Just give me a second. Um, those were not the things that I was necessarily talking about when I'm thinking about the, the leap that he made that I associate with Trey Young. It's the other, it's the, all the big man stuff. All of the, it's all of the offensive rebounding. It's all of his efficiency around the rim. It's his volume of lobs and his volume of finishing around the rim. The leap that he took in that regard, and it's not necess- it doesn't necessarily show up in like his field goal percentage around the rim, which ticked up very slightly, but not a ton. It's more about just the volume of shots that he was able to take right at, uh, right at the basket area, and the, the offensive rebounding was there because Trey had a little bit more of you know his own gravity i mean his his offensive rebounding went up from 9.7 percent to 11.7 percent uh johns did because i think because a lot of because because trey young was on the floor with him and because trey has already an immensely elite floater and so people have to go out to guard that that opens up the 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 offensive class for john collins so those those are the areas in which i was sort of saying that his improvement in those areas as an offensive rebounder, as a, as a lob threat, as a finisher around the rim, a lot of that is the sort of development that I tie a little bit, actually pretty extensively to Trey. The things that we just talked about, the things that you just talked about from the, the three-point shooting and the playmaking, those are not necessarily Trey things. Those are, right. th- those are the areas in which John has made his own massive improvements both as a playmaker and as a three-point shooter the three-point percentage is lower than it was his first year but the volume went up more than double in terms of yeah, the, that, the honestly of his rookie stuff. year was not a, that, that was not real uh, i think and no, I think, from there and so like it he had no real gravity it wasn't a big part of his game but he he he, he took a legitimate amount of shots and made a legitimate percentage to where you can project him to move forward as at least a threat to to shoot that three, and so that's that's enough. That's like what we were talking about. I think it, was, it must have been now on the last podcast. We just we recorded these back to back, so I don't totally know, but I think it was on the last podcast where we were talking about Jabari and Evan Turner. Where it's not necessary. I don't care what percentage you shoot. It's all about volume, and it's all about what the the opposing defense 
what how they react to when you catch the ball above the breaker in the corner. If they if the opposing defenses start to fl- to rush out at John Collins when he catches the ball in the corner, that's going to be massive for him. And that's something that doesn't happen with Evan Turner and Jabari Parker, and that's why we talked about it there. But those are the the volume and at least being above average, at least being 34, 35, 36% from three on decent volume, that matters way more than being 40% on low volume. The volume is what matters in terms of getting guys to come out to him and the spacing that he'll provide just by standing in the corner. Obviously, he's got a ton of gravity when he rolls to the rim, and a lot of that is you know works with Trey Young in, su- in such a great way, and that's why those two are such a great partnership. But if he also has a not obviously he'll never have that level of gravity because you know it's just insane. But like if he has some level of gravity standing in the corner, that opens up a lot of different options in terms of what they could do offensively. He doesn't have to be involved in pick and roll. As he ages, being involved in a pick and roll every single time down the floor is just going to take a lot out of him. So if he's able to stand off in the corner and let other guys do their thing, that's going to be a big part of of how he ages, how his game ages moving forward over the next several years. That also would open up the the opportunity for him to play a lot more like sort of traditional power forward and therefore let a, a more traditional center be on the floor with him. A lot of what they were able to do last year and let Collins sort of be the center offensively was because Dwayne Dedman was such a good shooter from outside that he could sort of play the four offensively in that way. And then Dedman was obviously the five and John Collins was the four on defense. So that partnership worked really well. How that works with Alex Len is going to be very interesting. So just the, 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 the leaps that he made as a playmaker and as a shooter are very much John Collins improvement. Like that's, those are his things. He can own those improvements as something that he has improved on. And that's something that they're going to work with him to continue to improve. And and that's where he can sort of try to become a little bit more of what Blake Griffin is and was, you know, or even early in his career, Blake was just a phenomenal playmaker. I mean, he has assist percentages, 99th percentile, 95th percentile, his first two years in the league. And then of course, you know, it's just been the worst year in his, uh, in the league was his second year. And he was, you know, 15% assist from the center position. It's just or from a, a big man position. So he's been an insane playmaker throughout his career. If Collins ever even gets to 75% of what Blake is and was as a playmaker, they're they're going to be doing backflips in, in in the Hawks front office. And so, like, but if he, that's those are the sorts of areas where he can improve himself. And then the the rest of it, I think, will stay relatively the same. Like, I don't I don't know that I expect a big production leap from him around the basket, offensive rebounding, stuff like that. Like, he's not maxed that out, but, like, it's pretty close to maxed out in terms of, like, how good he yeah, is around he, the He's already uh, an elite offensive rebounder. That he can really improve on, and that's not about Trey Young. Like, that's going to be a John Collins improvement. Like, if he shoots and he can play make, like, that's going to be on him to be able to to do those things. And so... That's sort of the the my answer to what you answered uh, before, and so they, the uh, in terms of the numbers, I would expect a, uh, an uptick in the numbers. Like I, I don't think that he's going to make a, a massive leap. Like I don't think he's twenty five and thirteen, but like if he gets to if he goes from nineteen and nine to twenty one and ten or twenty and ten with a you know a few more threes sprinkled in to to up his his scoring and just continuing to be that all around offensive rebounding presence, but also sort of tick up his defensive rebounding. That's going to be a big part of, of what he's, what he's got going on. So I think that's going to be 
that that's where he can grab a, a few more rebounds in order to to end up at 20 and 10 if that's something that he really wants to go for you know i think that's certainly within his grasp yeah i think that you know his his talents are pretty well laid out at this point um to some degree like offensive rebounding wise he's a lead at that he's a top 5 or 7 offensive rebounder in the end of the league already um just he's just he's just tenacious on the offensive glass he knows where to be he's a pogo stick leaper he, he can second jump like he he kind of does everything you want on the offensive glass defensive glass is not a huge strength if he's playing the 4 he's just fine there it's obviously it's not a problem at the 5 it wouldn't be great on the defensive glass by any means um but that's not it's not a weakness i think the rebounding will be there to get to double digits this year probably and the scoring you know part of it will just come from more minutes part of that will come from a little bit higher volume I'm not sure you can just flat out assume a 63% true shooting every season like that's really 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 good um I'm not saying he's gonna be bad at it but maybe 60% is more of a realistic baseline does that seem right to you or is it is he someone that could just actually carry a true shooting of 63% like he did last year is that a real number Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I don't think that's a real number it's because really he's going to continue to shoot threes more. It's not a like shot at him either. It's just like, no, no, that's no. Like, really, he, really that's, good. <laughs> it's going to bring down his true shooting if he's shooting more threes than he is, like, you know, right. Dunking that's true. And I mean, he's shooting just, 56% from the floor. That seems pretty sustainable in some ways but if you again if you, if you shoot more more threes that can bring that number down but anyway you know the production is going to be there i don't care as much as some people do but it's going to be 2010 i think this year I, I probably bet on that actually happening um you know offensively we talk about him ad nauseum and i think we probably have over the last little while he's he's a start level play on offense that's that's pretty clear to me do you have any objection to that to that to that wording no. i think I, I i treat him as a star offensively that's just kind of the way i see john collins at this point and you know maybe that changes and maybe he even gets he gets even better but he's kind of already like if it was only offense he would be a star already and i think he there's an argument for him already, already being a star in some ways but you know the other end of the floor is, is what we're about to transition to but offensively i just have very little concern about john collins he's just really good He's really good, but he's he's also, as of now, he is such he's the one of the better dependent players in the league. Like there's a, if you just if I guess if you're just looking at sort of the overall talent throughout the league, like he's not a star in the same way that like even like Trey Young is a star offensively because he can't be your fulcrum offensively like he's a very 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 high level offensive role player and that's not a shot at him it's just that's what he is right now he is not he is not the the, if you put him out there with a league average point guard things are not quite as as good like he's very much a a dependent talent and he's very 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 good at that and if he can develop to be more than a dependent talent and really be able to play make and run the offense through a little bit then he then that's where i think he gets to being a star superstar level offensive player i think right now he's just sort of just below that level also it comes down to like if it's late in the game and you need a bucket like you're not going to john collins like it's he's not the guy you can just throw the ball to at the three-point line and let him go because he's a big and like that's just not part of his game it's not part of a lot of bigs games like it takes all you know it takes a certain kind like it's that's i think that i hope that makes sense is like it's not that he's it's not that he's bad in his role he is immensely immensely talented in his role it's that his role is not a star level offensive player and thus he adds to that to be the guy that you can go to to run your offense to 
build around to go, you know go get a bucket when you need one stuff like that that's not in John Collins game right now yeah I think it's you know I think it's there a little bit they just haven't needed it like if he's playing with Trey Young they're just not gonna have that situation happen too much where he's just being thrown the ball I think he I think at least the Hawks believe that he has more of that in him. I think the face-up game's come a long way already, um, the playmaking a little bit in that way. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be, like, the guy you throw the ball to, like you were saying, at the end of a shot clock. But he can do that. I think it's, honestly, he's already surpassed what I thought he was going to be able to do with that in his game. So it's not a total non-factor, but I, I see what you're saying there. there there's still some dependent tendencies. And that kind of goes with, I mean... 99% of big men are like that. It's not a shot, John Collins. Yeah, like, not at all. the big men that are not like that. It's like basically Carlton like Towns. <laughs> Jokic, Towns, and Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's basically it. it. Um, in terms of bigs that are not dependent talents. Um, and even then, Anthony I would argue, Davis. I would argue Embiid still kind of is. Like, he, he, you have to get, you have to give him the ball. Like, I mean, Towns, Towns is so freakish on the perimeter that like he can actually create for himself 25, 25 feet from the basket, which is just insane, but he can. Yeah. Um, and Jokic with the passing. Embiid, I guess I agree, but Embiid still kind of is dependent to some degree. Like, he, he yeah, has passed the ball. At least he is at the level at, like, if you throw him the ball and it le- and he's... Like, if you threw him the ball and he's at the three-point line against another center, like, I think he, that's a pretty decent option. Like, I, I would... It's not, like, great. You'd rather him be, like, in the post or, or working a pick-and-pop or whatever. But, like, you can throw him the ball at the three-point line and say, go, we need a bucket, like, go get one. And I don't, I don't feel as confident with, with Collins in that same situation, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's, like, better than Embiid at that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the, the, list, the list of people in the league that are 6'10 and bigger, I mean, Giannis is kind of a freak, so he doesn't really count. Sure, but like, bigs, okay. like, true bigs that yeah. don't need other people is just very, very small. So it's not really a right. shot at John Collins. It's yeah, just it's the way not, things work. Say, it, but in terms of the overall league, if you were to make the, if you if you're trying to make the argument that John Collins is a star level offensive player throughout, you know, looking at all five positions, there, it's just that that list is going to skew so heavily toward the perimeter that it's going to be really hard for a big man to make that list. And so it's yeah. not a shot at him. And there are max level, the max level big men who are dependent talents. But like it's just to make him a star level offensive player. That's, that's difficult. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's there, but I, I do understand the point of what you're saying and just the, you know, the logistics of how ridiculous you have to be to kind of be there as a big. So it just kind of, I think it's, uh, we're saying the same thing just in a different way. Um, okay. Let's talk about defense because you know, you and I, I think more than anyone in the world, I'm not, I'm trying not to be uh, overzealous on that. I think if you, added up everything i'm not sure anyone on earth has talked about his defense more than you and i have um and at least in public you know obviously people that coach him and things like that but we cover the team extensively and we care about defense more than most people do so this is not breaking too much new ground but john collins to this point in his career has been a below average defensive player that is the simplest way to put that um there have been some interesting highs there have been some really maddening lows at times, like early last year when he came back from injury, for instance, he was really bad. Um, now though, looking ahead, looking at this season, particularly, what are you expecting? Because that's the biggest pivot point. I know for you and I, in judging John Collins as an overall prospect slash player is that we just established his offensive value. It's really, really high, but because he plays a big man, a big man position that includes some power forward and some, um, 
some center. It's just one of those things, and uh, we can talk more about that um, you know, as we get going here. But what do you make of his defense and uh, all of that? I mean, I think Collins, the most important thing for him is the defensive end. Like all of this stuff that we've been talking about, like can he you know, tick up the volume from three? Can he be more of a playmaker? Like I, not none of that matters if he's not a good defensive player, but like a lot of it is going to get taken right off the table, especially in a playoff situation long term if he's not a if he's the same level of defensive player that he was a year ago that's the that's the thing is like if he is if he does not if he is the defensive player that he was from october or november really because he didn't play in october but if he's the same defensive player he was from november to late february of last year and that's who he is as a defender that's um, an immense concern because that no, I mean, it's not no amount of offense, but almost no amount of offensive production can outweigh how bad he was defensively for the first year of his career. Plus the first, you know, maybe three or four months of last year. If the strides that he made from late February to mid April, when the season ended, if those strides are real, if he is, if that is who he can be defensively and he can take those strides and, move forward with them, then now we're talking about an all-star, all-NBA potential level guy because that pairs the immense offensive production with at least 40th percentile, maybe average level defense at the power forward spot. If he can continue to grow on that, then all of a sudden we're talking about an above average defensive player. So that's that's where he can make the biggest strides. That's because where he is and where he has been throughout his career is so, is so low that there's just uh, so much room to grow into where that, you know, he doesn't have as much room to just grow into offensively. So that's, that's the biggest thing I'm watching. If Collins regresses offensively, if Rick Collins is the same guy he was offensively last year, I'm not going to blink an eye. I do not care. It doesn't worry me in the least. The biggest thing that I care about for him this season is entirely on the defensive end is is he the guy we saw for the last six weeks of last season or the first four or the the first you know whatever the first year plus four months of his career that's what we're that's what that's what i'm looking for going into next year that's what i'm looking for going you know look really for this year and going into the the 2020-2021 season that's the most important step that he can make because as a big man and whether he plays power forward or center as a big man, defense is so much more important than it is on the perimeter. And he is, if he can be a somewhat of a defensive anchor, either at the four or at the five, either as a weak side rotating rim protector, like Serge Ibaka was early in his career, or as a, a guy you could really run, you know, anchor the defense around. That's, it's just that's the most important step that he needs to take. The rest of it will work itself out offensively. He's going to be fine whether he becomes Blake Griffin or stays as the the current sort of level of athlete and and rim runner and and finisher around the rim that he is right now. That's sort of you know not apples and oranges, but it's it's you know, very it's fine. It's fine no matter what he does. It's going to be very different depending on which direction he takes offensively. But the defense absolutely has to improve for him to be i mean he's going to be a starter starting level big fan if the offense is what it is but he needs to improve defensively in order to be starter level on both ends of the floor yeah i mean you know i think with his established offensive baseline you know for instance we're just talking about last year john collins on the whole he was still a good player um because the offense was so good 
but you know it really hurts particularly in the playoffs as you reference you know you you can't you can get by with it on certain occasions but on this team with with the other core pieces they have especially with Trey Young if John Collins is not a good is not a at least an average or better defensive player they're going to be in some trouble in the playoffs looking ahead um just because Trey Young you know we'll talk about Trey Young when we get the point guards but defensively it's never going to be a strength of his <laughs> um so you know you can have one guy can you have two and have one of those guys be a big man? I think probably not. And the other um, be the, the point of attack point guard right. because he's so it's, guard in the know, other positions because he's yeah, pick, you know, pick, and roll, pick and roll coverage with those two guys. I, I could just see it in my head in the playoffs. Abysmal. It's not going to go well. So if Collins, and obviously Collins has a much clearer path to being a good defender than Trey Young does. I mean, that's not controversial to say. No, Collins, I mean, Trey Young, I don't think, has any path. Like, that's what I mean. I mean, Collins, Collins, Collins is a good athlete. He, he has good size and power forward. He's a good athlete. I think he understands some things, you know, reaction time. Defensively, as a prospect, I really did not like John Collins. But since then, he's in better shape. He's more explosive. And we saw him, as you referenced, down like the last two months of last season was much better. Now, you know, is that the baseline now? We'll see very, very soon. But Lloyd Pierce even said, and I've said this a couple times on the podcast, but it's worth, worth repeating. Lloyd Pierce made it a point to kind of poke fun in Colin's direction to say that he exposed himself and kind of told himself that he can be better <laughs> defensively. So yeah. now, now they know that he can do it. Um, so, you know, an effort's not a problem for John Collins. He plays very hard. That's a good thing to have. But defensively, his reaction times, um, just knowing where to be defensively, just seeing plays unfold. It's not been a huge strength of his in the past. Now, can that be improved? Absolutely. And I, again, we, we've seen that a little bit, but you know, there, there are different kinds of defense. Effort is not a problem, which I really appreciate for him, but play recognition, um, protecting the rim, you know, there's some weirdness with him in space because if he's going to be a full-time power forward, you know, with the way with, with the way the league is now, a lot of power forwards, quote unquote, in the league are not really power forwards anymore. So he's gonna be guarding some guys who are more perimeter players, and he's a good athlete. But I wouldn't say that's a strength of his playing defense in space. So, you know, what are you expecting from him from from this year? Because I know we've we've established that he needs to be better defensively. Do you buy it? I mean, we saw we saw, and you made note of it. I made note of it last year down the stretch that he did improve. But what does him improving look like? Can he be an average defender in year three, which is this season? Can, can he be that right now? I, I think he can be, but I'm not sure if I'm projecting it. So what, what do you make of like, – what do you predict, I suppose, for this season defensively, um, You know, just kind of taking all factors in, into consideration here? I think he can get there. But the fact – the one thing that we sort of have to point out is that the – his defensive improve, his massive defensive improvement last season came in the last six weeks for a team that was so far out of the playoff hunt that it didn't, it, they weren't even close. So like that, we've seen people, we've seen young guys make improvements on that specific team, on on te- I mean on on teams that are not good in the last six weeks of the season because other teams aren't taking them as seriously. They're not playing their top guys, all of that stuff. We've, we see it a lot with young point guards. This is, I mean, this is the Alfred Payton corollary, the Alfred Payton theory from the last, (laughs) you know, if you, if you really, you know, like, I think like you and I are a little bit younger. I'm sure there are older, you know, guys who have the, the same sort of, 
who identified the same way when they were younger. But for us, for my sort of my history covering the league, Alfred Payton was the guy. Every year in February, March, and April, Alfred Payton turned into an above-average starting point guard. And it was like, oh, this is the new baseline for Alfred Payton. And then he came back in October, and he was the same guy. And it happened It happened like three or four years in a row to the point where it became a joke. And, because, and it became the Alfred Payton thing. Like, that's what he did, is he became... A, he, he's a great point guard for a bad team between mid-February and mid-April, and that's what he was. And that's maybe who he still is, but we're, you know, obviously we'll see. He's still a, a young guy. We'll, we'll see where he goes from here. Is Collins' defensive improvement an Alfred Payton thing, or is it actually like a real thing that just happened to happen during Alfred Payton's favorite time of the year? Like, is he... and? Those two things are very different, of course, like because Alfred Payton turned into a scoring, passing, all-around point guard, which is easier to improve when the other team doesn't care because defense is the thing that goes when people don't care about the game because they know they're going to win or they know they're playing a team that they don't have to play really hard against. When Collins is improving defensively in those same at that same time period at the end of a season on a bad team, that's not necessarily... That's not necessarily him being better because his competition isn't playing as hard. That might just be him being better and him recognizing that things are happening and I have to go do something about that. That's like all of his, I mean, you, you got into it. The effort is there. The athleticism is there. The, the can is there and the want to is there for him. It's really just like mentally can he do the things that his body can do and the, and is he going to be in the right positions that's not he's not physically unable to be in the right positions he's mentally unable to be in the right positions or he has been through the first that year and a half of his career can he be the, the but you know those last two months all of a sudden he was good he was in the right positions he was rotating he was coming over strong from the weak side and going up straight arms straight, taking the hit in his chest. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, like this guy is an, a, an above average player on both ends of the floor. He's an elite offensive player and he's all of a sudden a 40th, 50th percentile defender. It wasn't every time. He wasn't rotating perfectly. He wasn't guarding in space. Like there were still some things that he can work on, but the, the mentality of there's something happening over there, I can see it happening and I can understand it and rotate over before it happens that was not there for a year and a half. And all of a sudden it was there. It flashed in late February and all of March in the, in the first two weeks of April before the season ended. That was there for him. And so that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for going forward is, was that real or was he Alfred Payton on defense? Well, and that's honestly, that's all it needs to be. I, I think there is some room beyond that for Collins. I'm not saying that there isn't, but if you just offered me a, a scenario where John Collins is a league average defensive player, you take that and run because if he's that coupled with his offense, he's a perennial all-star, like maybe not like a super duper star, but someone who is a top 25 player in the league. If you, if, if you give me someone who's, who's averaging 21 and 10 offensively with great efficiency and then playing average defense, that's a hell of a player. I mean, it's not, that's not like breaking ground for me to say that, but if you just tell me he's an average defender, like, that's a huge win for the Hawks. If I mean, he's an average defender, he's like an all NBA level. Talent. That's what I mean. Like he's a top 15, 20 player in the league. 
Yeah, if he's he, a top he's that. six or seven big man in in the league. Yeah. If he so, and that doesn't seem that doesn't seem unreasonable. Like I'm not no, not at all. I'm not, not going to. I mean, this would be crazy for me to say a year ago. I would not have believed that I was saying this out loud. But <laughs> no. that that that's a that's a fairly reasonable scenario. It's not. No, it's not even like it's not the 90th percentile outcome anymore. It no, it, it would have been felt like 90, it a year ago, but it's not. It was anymore. the 110th percentile outcome a year ago. <laughs> it was the 110th percentile outcome on February 1st. But all of a yeah, sudden, maybe. I mean, started to turn around and things got better for him and like and I, think people, I don't know i think when i think when we say average defensively people are going to like not be moved by that at all but if you oh go from God. where he was a if year ago average defensively that would just there's not i mean just being average defensively based on where he was a year ago or where he was in january it would just be a phenomenal leap for It'd him to make jump. it would be a bigger jump than anything he's done on the offensive end. Yeah, because honestly, from the minute he arrived in the NBA, he was an effective offensive player. Now, he wasn't the guy he is now, but he was efficient from day one as an offensive player, but mostly based on offensive rebounding and energy, but he was already an effective offensive player. Um, so yeah, the, the jump from defense on the defensive end would be would be bigger. And again, I, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to project and say the medium the median outcome for this season is John Collins being an average defender. I think he will be below average for this season if you make me choose, but below average in a way that's better than he was last year. If that makes sense, like I think he's more of a, I mean, if you're putting the, the percentage on it, more of like a 35th, 40, 40th percentile defender this season. And by the way, that's still. A you know a fringe all star player, like if if, he, if he's going to come out and do the same thing he did on offense last year and just not kill you defensively, that's still an awesome player. I'm not, and if that's your final, if that's the final form for John Collins, it's a massive success. We all know that. I think we it's it's, it's kind of speaks for itself. But that's kind of where I would project again project for this year as my responsible median outcome would be sort of what he did last year offensively, which is a heck of a player, and then. Gains from last year defensively, but not overwhelming gains. Because that's just the way that I, I think people that listen to this podcast all the time know that that's kind of how I am. Until I see it, I have a hard time projecting it. And we saw it last year at the end of the season. If, if that's his full season defense, if, if, what he did for, if what he did in March and April is his full season defense now, like sign me up for that. Like I'll, I'll take it 100%. Um, I just think we need, we need to see it now. We need to see it for a full season and I, you know, over more minutes as well. Something Lloyd Pierce told um, good friend of the program, Robbie Callen, when he interviewed him last year. Um, Lloyd was pretty revealing and talking about why he didn't play Trey and John more minutes, and he basically said, "You know, we're gonna give them, we're gonna give them their twenty-eight to thirty, and they have to earn the other five. And that seemed like a small, like kind of laugh it off thing, but it wasn't. They wanted to see the effort from these guys and the execution defensively from these guys, and they're gonna play more this year for sure. But you know. Collins playing an 80 game season versus 60 game season last year. Like he, he got a late start last year and kind of eased his way in. Now he's going to have to play from mid October until mid April. And for the first time as a full blown starter, play for six months straight. And that's, that's not a small thing either. So, all that to say, I think defensively is the spot where we are going to point out more than most people are because we just care more about it. But honestly, just because from a team owner perspective, he needs to be a good defender for the play, for this team to reach its ultimate heights. He needs to be a solid defender. He doesn't. He doesn't have to be Joel Embiid. He doesn't. He doesn't have to be Anthony Davis defensively. He doesn't have to be able, this game-changing defender. But if he can hold up, that's a big thing. And in in December, January last year, he couldn't hold up in that kind of setting. 
now I can sort of see the path for it to happen, but it's people like laugh it off and, sh- and shrug it off. And in the regular season, it doesn't matter that much night in, night out. But if you get into this, you know, two years from now, if you're in a playoff series in the Eastern Conference semifinals and John Collins is getting torched defensively, you're in trouble because he's got to play. So it's a big thing for the future. Right now, yeah, it's fine if he's not great on, de- on defense. But when it really matters two years from now, he's got to be able to show you that he can hold up. And I think he can do it. It's just that we have to see it. And until we do consistently for more than six weeks, we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, it's the most important. It's the single most important thing for the Hawks future this year is that he becomes, if he can get to being at 35th to 40th percentile defender and not be one of the worst big man defenders in the league, or like he was for many, you know, multiple months last season, you know, and I think that's, and multiple months in, you know, the entirety of his rookie year, like those, those are, that's the most important thing for their future is how Collins looks on the defensive end. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I, I agree with that. I think it's, I probably think it, it's reasonable for sure. I think I still for this year, this year, you're like, probably I, right. I guess I don't expect a ton out of like Hunter and Reddish. Like, if no, those honestly, guys, I, I think for big picture, I think it's still, I don't know. You might be right. I was going to say it's still Trey and like what's Trey's next step. Cause honestly, I, I still think Trey is the best prospect and the best player. So yeah, I agree. if I think everything with him is more important because at the end of the day, if you're going to win a title, you need a guy that's your number one player to be a super duper duper star. And I yeah. think he certainly can be that, but that, that, so that's, I still, I lean to that being a little bit more important, but Collins defense is right up there. It may, it might be number one number two but regardless we agree it's it's one of the biggest things this season for sure i wonder if i almost already take it for granted that trey is gonna just be trey young oh and listen by the way most most people seem to think that and i have no problem with that i am just again as i I just said i'm i'm the guy who has to see it i don't like to assume things like for instance his shooting is a big thing we'll come back to this when we get to point guards but trey people just assume that trey young is like damian lillard as a shooter and no, yeah, we have not, not seen that. I'm sorry, we have not seen that. It, it might happen. I, I think he can shoot. I think he will shoot. But at, at this point in time, Trey Young has never has never proven as a professional basketball player to be an elite shooter or even a good shooter. Like he yeah, shot 32 percent from three last year. But, 32. Okay. So that that now that gets back into the the conversation that we had on the last podcast and earlier on this one about gravity and True. Trey I mean, Young. That, he does have gravity. No question about Trey, it. He does Trey Young has. Elite gravity, 90th yes. percentile gravity. He's Agreed. got, he doesn't have Damian Lillard gravity. He doesn't have Steph Curry gravity, but he's got just, I mean, he's right below those guys. People are frightened of him. And if he yes, shoots, yes, they are 34%, 33% for his whole career, that's going to come back a lot. But for now, he has 90th percentile gravity. He's got the same level, you know, he's got that elite, elite gravity. People are absolutely just frightened of him when he comes off and, the screen and they, and he's and they should be i mean I, 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 this is not me crapping on trey young i think he's going to be a good shooter it's just that's that was an example that came to my head like i i think until we see it people are just assuming it's happening and I, i'm guilty of assuming that he's going to be a star offensively because he kind of already is one and i think yeah. he'll be the offensive engine but there's a level of play that goes for collins as well i think people already treat collins like he's arrived um as a total package, I think offensively, yeah, I'm right there with them. O- offensively, I think 
a lot of that is accurate. I think he is that kind of player offensively. But people, like the people that are projecting him to be an all-star this year, like flat out projecting it, it's like, all right, if he does what he does on, on offense and then does that on defense, then yes. Yeah. Um, until then, I'm not quite there. And that's not a shot. Again, it's 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 kind of semantics to some degree, but I'm just the guy who has to see. And that's that's across the board. Same thing with Kevin Herter. Same thing with DeAndre Hunter, who I love. Cam Reddish. I mean, all these guys, I, I, I just have to I'm going to be the last guy, which is okay. That's just the way that I think. And that's not just the Hawks thing. That's the way I cover the whole league. Until I see guys do something, I have a, I have trouble assuming they're going to do it. So, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit less like abs. I guess I'm a little bit less absolute than that. Just across the league, I'm a lot. I'm, I I kind of try to under like try to think like, okay, this guy has shown these three things. Does that mean that he can do this fourth thing? Like a little bit that is is different from the first three. Like I try to to be a little bit more. I guess flexible with with the, the with the projections like that, and of course, but then knowing that like I'm going to be more negative on most guys than their than their fan base, and that even sometimes more than just sort of the general public, um, like on on John particularly, just I'm not. If you asked uh, you know a, a majority of of people around the league, like he's and, and he's in that all star conversation, like unless he is the guy who he was the last two months of last season defensively, he's not an all-star. Like, he's just not. He's the 40th best player, maybe. 50th 50th to 40th best player in the league. Uh, unless, of course, like, there's an offensive explosion. But, like, assuming that he's, is you know, he's ticks up a little bit offensively but doesn't go nuts, if he does not improve significantly defensively and he regresses back to who he was at the beginning of last season, he is not, he is a more athletic Enos Cantor. Like he's that bad on defense. He no, was. I mean, okay. He's probably worse, frankly. No, I don't think. I don't. That's not true. I don't think he's really. I mean, Cantor. He was bad. No, don't don't get me wrong. Like the first two months of when he came back last year, he was bad. Like he was bad. I'm not. I'm not coming from any other angle. He was bad. Um, but I I think just him being as athletic as he is is better than like the guys who you think of as the t- as the absolute worst defenders. Like Cantor is a good example of that. Yeah. But Cantor's bigger. I don't know, it's weird. Cantor's bigger, he's a better defensive rebounder. John needs to be much better on the defensive Yeah, class. that that's that, that's a well, that's that's what I said earlier. I, I think if I think if John Collins is a is a power forward, he's fine on the defensive glass. The the problem yeah. is if he the, the problem is if, if he is playing center. Because look, I mean if, if you compare his defensive rebounding numbers to a typical power forward, it's not a problem at all. But it's like, just... yes, but his, like, they've been beaten on the on the defensive glass both of the two years that he's been in there. Maybe yeah, that I mean, to, that, that's like, that's somewhat him, but it's also that, something. Look look at the team though. Like, look, look who he's yeah. playing with. Like, Torian Prince was an all time terrible rebounder. He can't he can't rebound anything? Like he he. So, I mean, plus, and it's not, it's not as if Dwayne Devin and Alex Len are like you know. I mean, Alex Len's a better rebounder than Devin. Devin's not an all time rebounder either. Devin's not a that's not his strength. For instance, so if, if you put a guy like Collins between Torian Prince and that, guess, by the way, have Trey Young, have Trey Young at point guard, have rookie Kevin Herter <laughs> at shooting guard, <laughs> yeah. Torian Prince at the three, like what's he supposed to do? Sure, I guess I would hope that a guy who was as dominant on the offensive glass as Collins was would just lift a, a defense to be a good defensive rebounding team, pretty much no matter what, and. Like, they were in the 33rd percentile in defensive rebounding when he was on the floor last year. And, like, that's, I mean, certainly the rest of the team matters, but that I I feel like for the best 
big man rebounders. He can he can be that, and it's just it, it's been somewhat of a disappointment in the in over these last two years that he hasn't been. Yeah, his defensive rebounding is not is not as good as it should be. So that, that that's that's a spot for him to improve on. Just a little thing, maybe not a little thing. That's that's, that's significant. It's important, um, but it's not as important as like the the rotations defensively. Right. I mean, that, that's part of defense, and I think rebounding you know can both simultaneously be overrated and underrated. Like I think yeah. it was always comically overblown when the Hawks were good in the Horford Millsap era that they couldn't rebound because they were still putting out good defenses all the time. Um, but then you get in a situation where if you can't rebound, it can, it can kill you at, sure. at, at certain times uh, as we saw in the playoffs. So um, okay. yeah, it's, you know, Collins, the overarching takeaway for me, and we could probably wrap up pretty soon is just that Collins has to, has to improve defensively. We've now seen it a little bit. And I think I'm actually, Despite how bad he was early last season, I'm more optimistic now than I was a year ago about Collins' defense because until then, you know, I was famously low on it in the draft. I thought he was just absolutely awful in college as a defender and didn't really show much more than that as a rookie in the NBA. I think by far his best defensive stretch of his career was last season from February on. So that that's probably a good thing. Um, because he was getting older and getting more experienced. And by the way, he's still super young, which is worth pointing out. Um so yeah, I definitely buy it more than I used to. Do I think he's going to be a great defender? No, but he doesn't have to be. If he's just solid, that's a win, and that's now a reasonable outcome, which changes everything. Because you know, I know people always say that I care too much about defense, and I think you probably get the same um, yes. stuff said to you. But especially in big man spots, man, you just cannot ignore it. I understand the numbers are going to be so the numbers. It's the like Carl Anthony Towns. Like Carl Anthony Towns is perhaps the most gifted offensive center ever like, ever like i don't know yeah. one of the I one mean, of the very very it's it's a very short list of people that are as good as he is offensively but his defense is a problem i mean it, yeah. it doesn't matter as much when you're like uber transcendent offensively which he is right. but, but even then it's like on that level and even then like towns is not an anchor of a of a consistent playoff team because and, and that's, you know, that's that's not that's not all him by the way that, that the rest of that's, him that has no. to do with the coaching that has to do with Andrew Wiggins like there's there are other factors but but if you put but, like, but if you if you if you put, if you put Towns in a playoff series right now he would get attacked it's eaten a lot yeah I mean it's like I mean Jokic I think is better than people think he is but he, oh, he, still, is he still gets attacked Towns yeah he is but he still gets attacked because he's a center like center yeah. already is going to get attacked even the guys who are good Rudy Gobert is like uber elite all the time. And he gets a point of the center, right? So and those defenses are geared around you have to go in and attack Rudy Gobert. You have to go in and attack Yusuf Nurkic, Miles Turner. You have to attack those guys. That's where we're funneling you. So if you want to dream know? big, like that's the thing. If you want, if you want to dream big, which means two, three years from now, you're trying to compete for a title. If you want to dream that big, and I think that's the whole point of a rebuild like this, is to yeah. dream that big. If your second or third best player is John Collins, he's got to be able to hold it defensively. Because yeah. if you can't help defensively, you're in trouble at that level. So I know that people may, will make that point like, oh, that's something, blah, blah, blah. Listen, the whole point of this is to try to win a title. And if he's your second best player, he's got to be able to play defense. That, it's, yeah. That's that's a little Especially bit simple. It's also a little bit... Is, is well, that's that's Trae another Young. thing. I mean, part of it's team building because, yeah, if your best player is Trey Young, it's even more important. Because if, if Collins is in any way weakness defensively and the other guy is Trey Young... You're in some serious trouble. So yeah, you're stopping anybody in the playoffs. 
so I guess maybe, maybe go back to your point originally about how much how important Collins' defense is. Maybe it's more important even. So yeah, there. Maybe that's where happen. I come off saying like Collins' defensive improvement for this year alone is the is for me the most important thing to that I'm looking for from the Hawks. Like Trey Young being who he is. If he, I I just I guess I assume and I believe that his gravity is sort of always going to be there. And whether he shoots 36 or 38 or 42% or whatever he shoots from three, I'm not super worried about that because as long as the gravity you know, is still there. And obviously, if the gravity were to ever disappear, then that's a huge problem for Trey Young. But uh, you know, I, I guess I just assume that it'll be there. Collins' defensive improvement is the, the thing that I'm looking for the most that I'm not sure is going to be there. And that's... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, we'll that's, see. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it's definitely not. It's definitely reasonable. I think that is a very reasonable point of view, and it's important. And we spent a lot of time on talking about his defense. And again, it's it's worth noting, like just how good his production already is, how good he already is offensively. And I think it will not surprise me in any way, shape, or form this year if he is in in the All Star conversation or on the All Star team, because if you post the numbers like he's going to post, it's just you're going to be there now. You know, does, yeah, I would argue like how much does that matter in a playoff series? Like the the, the defense matters so much more in a playoff series. He could make ten All Star. Well, if he makes ten All Star teams, that's a lot. But like if he makes the All Star team this year, that does not necessarily mean he improved. Uh, no, he, I actually I actually agree with you because I think if he does the exact same thing, if he, if he if he does the exact same thing offensively, production stat wise, in two more minutes per game. He, and plays the whole first half of the season. Doesn't he miss probably the first makes the All Star team or close to yeah. it. Yeah, guys, right guys who guys who average twenty two and ten make the All Star team. That's just what happens. Yeah. Like as long, you with, know, especially if they're not hurt in any way. With, like they, with they very few stop. exceptions. I mean, there's an occasional exception, but especially in the East, if he averages that, he's probably going to make the All Star team or at least be yeah. like the first guy off the list. Yeah, he's he'll be one of and instead of the top twelve, maybe he's the top fifteen. The Eastern only reason I'm, I'm holding back a little bit is because of the team record and what it might be because of the schedule and all that stuff, which is a whole different podcast. But because this team's not going to be great and the schedule is brutal early, that might degrade him a little bit. But you know, overarching point is guys that average twenty and ten on good efficiency and play and like they're not hurt are on the All Star team with yeah. again very few exceptions. So. Yeah, so I agree. He could seriously be the exact same player, play two more minutes a game, and be on the All Star team. And is that yeah. is that a just takeaway? I mean, I, I wouldn't like argue super hard against it. But to your point earlier, that guy—if he's the same guy he was last year—he's more like the thirty-fifth best player in the league, not the twenty-second best player in the league, like he would be if he's on yeah. the All Star team. And that is such an important difference. It's so much more important to move up from. 40th to 20th than it is from 60th to 40th like obviously as you go up the pyramid it's just so much more important to have multiple guys in that top 30 to top you know top 20 to 30 range and if Trey Young is going to be the superstar he's going to if he's going to be there like if he if you're building around him as the top 10 guy you need at least one if not multiple guys in that sort of 11 to 30 range and if Collins can improve on defense he can get into that 11 to 30 range and if he does not he won't be in that range, and that's it. And the offense is going to be there, and he could 
he if he improves slightly offensively but goes back to what he was defensively, that is a that's a bad season for John Collins. I will come on here at the end of his of his third <laughs> season and say he did not he did not improve this season. Even I'm gonna come on the spot. I'm gonna come on the podcast. I'm gonna get you and Tower Jones on, and I'm gonna turn the mics on, and I'm, gonna, <laughs> and I'm gonna walk away. I'm just gonna literally turn the mic on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close the laptop and just let you guys talk. And we'll see what happens. Um, but no, I'm, I'm kidding and not kidding. At the same time. It's just, it's so immensely important for his long-term and the, the team's long-term upside in terms of the playoffs and in terms of what kind of team this team wants to be, where the club wants to go in the playoffs and in the, in the, you know, in the, in May and June, if they want to play in May and June, John Collins has to improve on defense, has to be what he was as a baseline, the, the baseline has to be the last two months of last season, and he needs to improve upon that even. And if he can do that, then he turns into the 20th best player in the league, and he, and they're well on their way. And yep. if he does not, then they like they're in a they're in a lot of trouble from a team building perspective. They have to, I mean, they might have to think about like, can we trade this guy for somebody who can defend? Like, yeah, I mean, he, I'm, I'm not I'm not ready to talk about that yet, but I understand what you're saying. Like, I'm, I'm ready there, to talk about it. If he regresses, like if right, he there goes, are there are big picture concerns. If he, if if like if him from December is there again, like truly bad defensively yeah. for most of, of the those, season, then you have to worry a little bit. One Look, of the ten worst, you know, high minute big men in the league. He's still like, young, so like you, I, I would not recommend giving up on him if that happens this year by any means. But it would not be a good sign. A conversation to be had as he gets into restricted free agency in 2021, like the, the just. Long, long-term conversations to be had. If he does not improve defensively this year, it's it's worth talking about. It has never been worth talking about between na- between then and now. He has never been on the trade block in any way whatsoever. If he regresses back to what he used to be defensively, his name at least pops up in those conversations within the team. They at least consider, like, you know, maybe this isn't somebody we can build around. And so that's, yeah. I mean, that's why it's so important for him to to be better on that end of the floor. It is important, and uh, we'll see if he's able to do it. We talked for way too long now, Jeff, and you have stuff to do, but uh, I appreciate you joining me. Anything else that you want to share or plug, or I know you have the lineup tool that, that's still being used at Early Bird Rights. Um, we've talked a ton, and we, we'll come back and talk about small forwards next time and probably go a little bit shorter because there's not a star level player like John Collins to have his own podcast. But uh, anything else? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's. I mean, we we talk forever. But how about about these power forwards? They're so interesting. Between Jabari and Vince and and John Collins and this this two part podcast went a hell of a lot longer than uh, than we thought it was going to. But uh, thanks for having me. Obviously, you, you can follow me on Twitter at JG Siegel at Early Bird Rights, EarlyBirdRights.com. We've got the rotation tool. I wrote something about Nene that went up on on Wednesday. That was really viral content. Yeah, people seem to really like that for some the, reason. The rare, the rare piece of viral content that's about like weird salary cap issues. It's normally like a very nuanced thing, but that was uh, they, was, they got some attention. It did, and it it's. I think it is. The last time I looked, it is the biggest article ever on early bird rights, and is bigger than the previous biggest one by like over two times as much. Well, shouts like to Bobby, shouts to Bobby Marks. <laughs> yeah, that helped. Uh, shouts to the Bleach Report. Also, they put they put it on. Uh, there we go. That always helps. 
team yeah. app thing. I don't even know. I don't team I don't, stream. I, no, that team, was uh back in back in my day when I was writing at Fansided a lot, um, a few years ago. If if an article hit team stream, you knew you were going to get a, a big surge. So that's sure. what, that was yeah. always getting. I've seen that a couple of times, but this one hit that hit uh, hit the Bobby Marks timeline. Uh, Daryl Morey follows me on Twitter, which is cool. So shouts to Daryl Morey. Um, Daryl, hire Cole? Jeff. Daryl, if you're yes, listening, hire Jeff. Uh, I would love to do your salary cap stuff. Uh, that would be great. Um, so yeah. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter, PeachtreeHoops.com as well for for all the Hawk stuff all season. If you are interested in nuanced takes about John Collins' defense. You can find it there if you are interested in things that are not that. There's other coverage for you elsewhere that you can find all of that information uh, <laughs> on the internet. So anyway, yes. without getting myself in trouble, without getting you in trouble, without getting anybody in trouble, follow me on Twitter. You can you can uh, find all of my stuff over there. Follow Jeff. Uh, thank you, sir, for joining me. As for everybody else, we will have new content next week or this weekend if anything crazy happens, which I don't think is going to happen, but we're getting there. Two and a half weeks to go. Um, at least three more podcasts with Jeff before the season starts with uh, small forwards, shooting guards, and uh, point guards at the end with Trey Young. And uh, I guess uh, please please uh, subscribe to this podcast via the platform of your choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those places, Stitcher. Please click the subscribe button, leave uh, feedback if you'd like to rate the podcast, and uh, we'll see everybody next week.